0: 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network.
1: Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. As well as the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. This episode of Steel Wars features occasional coarse language. If you're around sensitive ears, move along. This is not the Steel Wars episode you are looking for. There are, however, many other family-friendly, clean episodes on our iTunes feed or SteelWars.com. Hey guys, welcome to Steel Wars. I'm comedian Steel Saunders and I do love Star Wars and each week on the Steel Wars podcast, we find someone of interest to talk about it with and this week's show, I think we have one of the most interesting voices in Star Wars podcasting and we will go into his full origin story. But uh, from the Blue Harvest and the Rogue One Podcast for Winners podcasts, it's Horst Burkhart. How you doing, buddy?
0: I'm good, buddy. How are you?
1: I'm real good. I'm real good. We're, we're going to set, we're going to go with real good. We're, we're setting the tone for the rest of the podcast, Horst. I like it. It's um. What, what, what sort of Star Wars day did you have today, Horst?
0: Uh, I don't know that my day was too Star Wars filled today. I just did some work, listened to some podcasts. I actually listened to uh, the latest call-in show.
1: Yeah, with Brian Young from Force yes. Sith. Yeah, that um, quite the after-show.
0: Wow. <laughs> Leave it to Robbo to jump into the show and insist that everybody role plays.
1: Oh, my God. That is, yeah, excellent plug for the uh, the Patreon there, whores. But, yeah, the, the after show with Brian Young with regular call Robbo is a, a, a battle royale it was it was pretty intense. So we were doing calls on Star Wars grievances, little bugbears we have with Star Wars and and Robbo had a huge one. But what what comes to mind for you? And and some of the times these bugbears they're almost
0: enjoyable. Uh you know like the one I always go to and I don't know that it's like a, you know, a plot hole or you know, something that I don't understand about the story, but that, that C-3PO switching heads with the <sighs> battle droid in the Geonosian arena, like, it's, with by a long shot, my least favorite Star Wars moment.
1: Yeah, well, if you're going to dislike anything in Star Wars, probably dislike one of the worst moments ever. It's It's a good well, choice.
0: I know it's not very creative, and it's not like... You know, I'm not like, well, what about this plot hole with this whole prophecy thing? But it, typically, if I don't understand something with Star Wars, I just blame myself instead of Star Wars.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was uh, the the cheapest of jokes. And, and, you know, Attack of the Clones, it gets maligned so much, but it, it's got some of my favorite parts.
0: It's got some excellent stuff in it, without a doubt. Like but Django
1: versus Obi-Wan.
0: Great great
1: it's it's like that is sometimes like you sort of think of what you thought was going to happen in the star wars prequels and and and, you know this is the problem with prequels they they never align with what you think is going to happen because you know you've had all that time to make stuff up but one of the things that was fulfilled that we always wanted to see is like a mandalorian warrior versus a jedi
0: yeah and i mean it he did a good job because it it extends it's not just the fight on the platform on camino it goes into that really cool space chasing through the uh the asteroid belt which is amazing
1: with that sonic boom
0: yeah the sonic detonator or whatever that thing's called that is one of history's great sound effects i, do, I know you're not uh, typically a big gamer but did did you happen to see that you can do that move in the new battlefront game and it's got the same sound effect and everything
1: those video game people they've gotten to you whores (laughs) they're trying you're doing their promotional dirty work to me on my podcast
0: it just came into mind it's topical (laughs)
1: That's even worse. That's like when you uh, like you Google like IKEA or something. You go to the IKEA site and then you go to another website and IKEA ads pop up. <laughs> right. You're I'm the you're the human version of that. <laughs> <laughs> what other goods and services should I be buying?
0: Well, I don't know. Let me. Uh- let me try to think of the new S.H. figure art that are coming out. I can probably sell you on one of those a little easier.
1: Yeah, well, that's um, that's a downhill run I think you've got there. But uh, I, I was thinking about this today about the first time I ever heard about the existence of Horst Burkhardt, and that was when Jason Ward of makingstarwars.net, he tweeted out that you were getting hassled online in one of your very first episodes about some language or something on the show. Someone was saying that you uh, were were maybe not a true Star Wars fan with language like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was, I want to say, it was probably three months into starting Blue Harvest, and it was one of the very first emails we ever got at our blue harvest email account we had gotten a couple in before that and um yeah the uh, email came through and i read it at my uh, goddaughter's birthday party and i was just like oh wow so uh like that was
1: your speech you read out that
0: <laughs> no no i, I sat there <laughs> and read it to myself i didn't pull my nine-year-old niece over and go hey check it out <laughs> uncle Halls has got a dirty mouth (laughs) (laughs) um but i uh i was like well you know cool podcasters on twitter i see they take screenshots of their uh mean emails and reviews and post them on their twitter account so i guess i'll give that a shot see what happens and uh yeah well the marketing worked yeah it did didn't it because i read
1: jason's retweet read the uh i think the email or whatever that was posted and i was like oh i'll decide for myself if this language is acceptable to a true star wars fan and don't we love drawing that line in the sand isn't that a fun (laughs) game
0: it's a, uh, a line in the sand that's often drawn, I found.
1: Yeah, I, I, I judge it only on the way you pronounce at A-T. <laughs> that's how I work it out. <sighs> but, um, yeah, it worked because that's how I found out about your show and I've listened ever since. So, yeah. what a... Um, this, this marketing of yours... This is what we've found out
0: in the opening minutes of the podcast. I'm like uh, the rain man for Star Wars marketing somehow.
1: Hawes AdSense Burkhardt is in the house and on the
0: line. (laughs) Yeah, I I remember um, you you were really nice. You tweeted at me uh, when that happened and I was like, oh, this is cool. Uh, because just a couple weeks before, I had started checking out your show for the first time, and I remember the very first episode I listened to was the live one with Angus that uh, worked on Attack of the Clones.
1: Yeah. Oh, this is you. This your marketing skills continue because that is an excellent plug for the the Patreon. It's one of the the classic episodes that you can hear, and Angus Truscott, who the r- really weird thing or maybe weird, but in this modern day, not that weird uh, whores, is when Angus came on stage, that was essentially me meeting him for the first time.
0: Oh, uh, hey, I met Michael Pappas for the first time on a podcast. So I that <laughs> <I guess. laughs>
1: Oh my God. So at Celebration on the live podcast, that was the first time you'd met him.
0: Yes. You didn't speak to him before the podcast started at all. No, he came up and hugged me and I was like, Oh my god, it's Mike Pappas. And then as we were hanging out, I hear you go, Oh man, this it's time to get real. <laughs> We've got a podcast for winners in the house. And I was like, Oh crazy. Oh man.
1: Yeah, so Angus did um the He was did work experience. He he did work experience on Attack of the Clones in Sydney. And if you have not heard that episode, it is hilarious because he, he did what many of us would have done and that is Bart Simpson it. <laughs> Get up to some hijinks. And I'm sure having heard that one, Hors, that you would have thought to yourself, what would you do? All great stories in storytelling, ask the viewer or the listener or the reader, what would you do? in that situation and and this is no difference
0: yeah i i would have stolen a lot more stuff that's one thing for sure i'd be in jail right now for stealing lightsabers or something (laughs) like i was gonna say a puppet yoda but he was long gone by that time
1: no they probably would have um liked for you to have stolen the puppet yoda (laughs)
0: I could have stolen the ten- tennis ball that represented Yoda on the stick. <laughs> I'd be like, see that stick with the tennis ball? That's Yoda.
1: I, I wonder if Gus Lopez has got that tennis ball. <laughs> I
0: don't
1: know if you follow him on Instagram or Facebook, but he does this thing, the Daily Grail. So every wow. day he posts like an amazing thing from his collection.
0: Is he the guy that posted the clapper board from uh, Return of the Jedi that says Blue Harvest on it?
1: I'm just going to take a wild guess and say yes. Okay. Man, that is a grail. He's just got some crazy stuff. And it's so annoying because sometimes I see stuff like that maybe... Because some stuff he's got like Princess Leia's um, dancer outfit from the sale barge. And, and it's right. like, well, you're not going to get that. <coughs> like, I'm not going to see that and go, Oh, I'm going to see if there's one of those on eBay. That's crazy. And, and sometimes he's got like his clatto sock or something like that, where it's just like, well, you're not going to find that. But then sometimes he posts stuff that when you initially see it, you're like, Oh, I'm going to look for that on eBay. And he did that the other day. He posted this. I think it was from Mexico or Spain. I think it was from Spain. And it was a really bad 80s Ewok costume. Like with, oh. with like a plastic mask that like, you know, with the rub- elastic bands mm-hmm. that goes behind and it breaks midway through the night. And like, just like a plastic Ewok, like sweat bag sort of thing. That was the whole thing. And it was in this clear box. And I was like, oh man, yeah, I, I, I might find that on eBay to, um, you know, have my desk. And then I see it's, but then I don't realize who's posted it. And I look at the name and I'm like, Gus Lopez, Daily Grail. Ah, that must mean they're so rare. Like it's some packaging sample or something like that.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Like uh, the stuff you see that was like, you know, these prototype figures and figures that were only released in Brazil and stuff. It's crazy. The amount. I mean, obviously there's a ton of Star Wars stuff out there, but these weird little things that you see and like, um, it's it's definitely more modern, but I saw I have a you know some like automatic searches set up on eBay for Black Series stuff, mm-hmm. and the craziest thing I saw recently was a employee gift that was given out to Hasbro employees around the Force Awakens, mm. and it's got like a uh, an unpainted Chewie figure and the the final Chewie figure in like this really nice wooden display box. Crazy.
1: Yeah, and th- that was getting a couple of grand or something. That was the asking price, anyway.
0: Yeah, I, I think when I saw it initially, the buy it now was like six grand. I don't know if it went for Oof. that.
1: All right. Well, what's what's the rare? What's the weirdest thing in your collection?
0: Um. So uh, the weirdest things in my collection definitely would be my parents went to. Mexico this summer it's actually something I got really recently mm-hmm. and uh, you know they stayed at a resort and you've done that before have Have you ever been there where they have like the little pottery activity you can do where they have all the different things you can paint and they'll take it off and glaze it and stuff ah oh, no I didn't get to do that yeah they had one of those and my mom was like uh, she called me from Mexico to be like who do you like better Bubba Fett or Dark Vader and- <laughs> And I was like, "Well, Boba Fett," and she's like, "Okay, uh, I, I'm gonna get something for you." And my mom painted this. It's definitely not licensed, uh, but this this ceramic Boba Fett figure that she got, you know, made in Mexico, and it it looks pretty good. So it was molded with Boba Fett's face, his helmet, yeah, and then she painted it for you. It's it's a figure, like it's I would say probably about five inches tall. And it's his full full body with the, oh. the backpack and the uh, the the jetpack and everything. Do you think, like, Gus Lopez has, like, the mold for that figure? He probably does. He probably has the original. <laughs> this giant slab of concrete.
1: But that's such a sick, like, thing for you to have. A Boba Fett that
0: your mom painted? Yeah, it's really cool. I'm really stoked to have it. And it's in because we've got cats and stuff right and like i'm so worried that they'll knock it off and break (laughs) it that it's it's in a shoebox wrapped up in uh like uh bubble wrap and plastic and stuff
1: that's hot you're gonna have to post up a photo of this (laughs) for us to share when the episode comes
0: out oh i will I'll, i'll dig it out especially once my star wars room gets put together i'll uh it's gonna be in like my display case then a little safer you touched
1: on that night at celebration at our podcast party meeting Pappas and I guess from you know the first time you you came into my sphere was was having that negative listener interaction compared to that night where it was
0: it was just such a glorious fun evening. I know, right? What a difference a year makes, horse. I know, it totally made me forget about that one mean email where the, <laughs> the lady said she was going to go on all her Facebook pages and recommend that nobody listen to our show <laughs> <laughs> how, how wide a social media reach do you think she had? Uh, I don't know, man Maybe it's still holding me back <laughs> It's holding me back <laughs> Oh
1: gosh That's, um, It all becomes clear now It all becomes clear now, let's go way back, Hawes. And what is your first memory of Star
0: Wars? So I have a very vivid memory of seeing Star Wars for the first time. Um, I was about four years old, so it was probably... If I had to guess, it was probably the summer of 1987. Because at the time, my parents owned half of two different McDonald's. I know that ma- that sounds weird, but they owned you know, half of... One McDonald's and then the other McDonald's on the other side of town. Which half? And I don't. I guess the bad half because they're not doing it anymore. <laughs> but like could the they McDonald's. could they
1: take the two? Like, did they have different halves in the two yes. McDonald's? Do you think?
0: Like, right. So they never owned one hundred percent of of a whole store. No, but what
1: I'm 100%. asking is, it, it did one store did they own like the front oh. bit
0: <laughs> and the back and, and the, the other one? Yeah, the other one they own the kitchen. One. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so they would, you know, go up to supervise and check everything out, and they would switch off. Like my mom would do the morning until the afternoon, and then my dad would go do the night, etc., etc. Cetera, et cetera. So I was at the house by myself with my dad, and I was bugging him to watch a scary movie because my parents were definitely the kind of '80s parents that just let me watch whatever I wanted. You know, nightmare on elm street friday the 13th stuff like that and i was obsessed with them that and my dad that that that,
1: oh, that is explaining a lot whores
0: i know uh yeah i know uh <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> um, are you just having
1: a moment of realization
0: yeah it's all coming back to me uh My dad always tried to sort of steer me away from that stuff because he was like, I don't know about all this. He's getting in trouble for going to preschool and drawing pictures of Freddy Krueger on construction paper. (laughs) Completely true story, by the way. (laughs) And he was like, well, I got a a, a movie with somebody scary in it, and I think you'll like it. And it was Star Wars. It was A New Hope. And I guess he thought I was going to be scared by Darth Vader, but I was hooked immediately. As soon as he blew down that door and came walking down the hall... Doked on some star wars
1: but if you and, if you're at, in preschool drawing pictures of freddy krueger you're not going to be scared by darth vader
0: no i i think my dad miscalculated that <laughs> a little bit i don't know i i didn't end up being scared but that definitely started pushing all the horror movie stuff when i was a kid to the wayside because there weren't sweet horror movie toys you could get not yet um, yeah not yet that came much later
1: oh my god uh, at comic-con horrors! i saw the most disgusting like it was so impressively disgusting action figure of all time and i feel like i've seen a lot of action figures it was a mini play set of sorts i guess mm-hmm. of a tree holding up upside down by the feet on a rope one of the like army people that have been skinned alive by a predator.
0: Oh my goodness!
1: <laughs> like just
0: all red,
1: like 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 in one of those biology books or whatever. Like you know, they like the human body without the skin. It was that with the eyeballs action figure.
0: That's a uh... dolly.
1: What a dolly!
0: <laughs> that would make uh, for a killer diorama, though. Oh my a god! Yeah, diorama. And, and what was crazy is. The version of Star Wars that I watched with my dad that night was the only version of A New Hope I had until uh, in the 90s when those, I I call them the three headsets, you know, the ones that were the originals for the last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the first time I ever owned the entire trilogy on VHS. Before then, I had this bootleg copy that my dad taped off of like CBS one night that still had the commercials in it and stuff. And then we would rent Empire and Jedi occasionally. Um, but man, it, it took forever for me to get used to a new hope without a commercial break right after uh, the Tusken Raider pops up and scares Luke. Cause there was a, a commercial break right there. I remember that one very clearly. That's crazy.
1: It's weird how that stuff, molds into the movie for you for your memory forever
0: yep what? I even remember it was a Ford truck commercial with a dude sawing boards on the uh, the bed of his truck <laughs> can you hear that truck I can what's uh, what's going on it sounds like an AT-AT yeah it's it must at, be doing <laughs> no it's AT-AT it's <laughs> at. oh okay <laughs> that
1: way you annoy both groups <laughs> It's the best. It's the best. Yeah, I don't know. They're doing the rubbish out there, but what are you going to do? Is it is yeah. it too loud?
0: No, I can just barely hear. It. When it gets when it's really banging around, I can hear it. Uh, okay. The tiniest bit.
1: Well, who knows? Maybe Ben Burt's out there getting. This is going to be a new. It's, it's, it's going it. to be the sound when the when the tie silencer opens up,
0: or it's the AT M six or whatever that new right on new vehicles. The AT M six, you mean the AT M six.
1: Atoms. <laughs> um yeah like lawrence Lung, he's a comedian in australia that he said when he was on the podcast that when i think luke skywalker looks through the binoculars in a new hope uh-huh. at that exact time on his recording of it off tv the lotto numbers came up like the TAPS oh, lotto yeah.
0: I remember this from your show.
1: Yeah, and so he thought those numbers were inside the the glasses, like the yeah. what? A, and and so when he saw it without that, he's like, "Where'd those numbers go?" And he he realized that when people go, "Nah, I don't know what you're talking about," that he was like, "Oh, that was my like burnt in memory because of the
0: old VHS I had." It's <laughs> another George Lucas special edition change. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, so what,
1: like, what character did you, like, gyrate towards when you were little?
0: When I was little, I was 100% a Luke Skywalker guy, because he had the lightsaber. When I was real little, it came down to, I was obsessed, obsessed with lightsabers. And I still am, I, to be honest. Um, I, I had these two, uh, waffle ball bats, you know what I'm talking about? Like the plastic toy bats and uh one was blue plastic and one was red plastic and i used to make my dad fight me like they were lightsabers and my dad would just sit in his recliner and like hold the red one just still and i would just be going crazy on him and he would that was his version of like lightsaber fighting with me like i was just (laughs) annoying the crap out of him he's like all right whatever i'll sit here and hold this for you (laughs) and what about background characters Um, I mean, background characters, when I was a kid, I was way into the aliens in the cantina, but then once I really started paying attention to, uh, Empire Strikes Back, I was ever since then, I've been all about the bounty hunters. So probably IG-88 as a background character. (sighs)
1: So want to see him walk. I so want to see him walk.
0: I just want to see something from those guys show up again.
1: Cause the weird thing about the bounty hunters or IG eighty eight, it's just like he was just a bunch of metal. Like he didn't he never like we never saw him move at all.
0: No. Did like well, he, does his head move a little? I don't know, yes. does it? I, I don't know if that's just in my head, but I feel like the the head or the eye does swivel a little bit. This might be a King Tom thinking he can hear the Ewoks blink type thing for me though. But I swear it moves a little bit.
1: Alright, I'm I'm going to YouTube on this one because <coughs> this is what happens if you just talk about it and don't resolve it on the podcast, you have people like coming at ya. You, um, you know, with yes it moves or no it doesn't, and <laughs> so we've got to resolve it. Okay. Empire Strikes Back Bounty Hunter scene full. Wait there.
0: Can you hear this? No. Okay. But I'm watching it as well.
1: Okay. All right. So, two Imperials are down in the trench. They're just checking out a, a glowing light. Bounty, Bounty hunters. hunters. We, we don't, don't need, need those scum. Bosk's toes hanging over. He does something. Mm-hmm. Fall. I'm sort of swaying.
0: <laughs> about to fall over.
1: Zuckus, he's moving. Bit of movement yeah. off Zuckus, swaying from side to side. <laughs> oh, it definitely moved. Oh it my god, it's moving! Moved. Yes,
0: it definitely moved. It
1: moved. Oh it doesn't stop moving. <laughs>
0: it just keeps
1: going. It's almost stealing the scene. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god!
0: <laughs> it moves so much. <laughs> hey, when you're IG88, you got to keep your head on a swivel. <laughs> You're making plans, you know. Oh my god! And to think,
1: I go on about Ewoks blinking, and I never noticed that. You got to pick your battles, I guess.
0: I guess. Wow from a from a de- drink dispenser in the cantina to a moving head on a death star, or a star destroyer. Hell yeah! But that moving was a, on up.
1: that was the cool thing about Star Wars. I think. That when, like you're saying, at first you're into the cantina aliens and then later bounty hunters, is that once you sort of got sick of the things you looked at, you could look a bit further back, like yeah. in the background, and there'd be like even radder things. And I think the fact that, because there's a lot of those like movies by minutes podcasts now, like, you know, there's a Star Wars minute and they sort of yeah. do Star Wars one minute at a time. They analyze, right. criticize and pry I can never get the uh, intro. I don't know if they change their intro every time or what. But anyway, so uh, they do one minute at a time. And then that spawned a entire genre of podcasts that review movies, generally, one minute at a time. Each episode, they just focus on one minute and hyper-analyze it. But I did the Terminator one. And they did every two minutes. And I thought that was a, a good idea. Because... Very few films are uh, as visually deep and dense as, like, the Star Wars
0: films. Right. In the two minutes of The Terminator, you just might get a shot of Arnold's boots in those two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: they're great boots. Great boots. Great boots. Now,
0: uh, w- which is
1: your favorite movie,
0: Hors? uh I'm going to be cliche. Empire Strikes Back.
1: Empire Strikes Back. That's the Kruger influence. You like the darker one.
0: Yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess so. I guess uh, I do like the darker because of old Fred Kruger, son of a hundred maniacs.
1: Oh, I forgot that part about him. Ugh. No buys. <laughs> no buys at all. And And what about your favorite scene?
0: Um... Favorite scene is tough for me, man. Like, I I, I feel like favorite scene is one of those things that changes, you know, depending on which movie I'm watching the most at any given time. Um, Are
1: you one of those people that just tries to please the one you're with?
0: I I guess. I don't know, man. Um, But the I think, honestly, uh, like, I don't want to say the bounty hunter scene because, like... It's not my favorite scene. It just introduces some really cool characters uh, that I've been obsessed with. Ever dude! Since. It's not really
1: Dude, now that we've seen the head swivel, we have to recognize
0: yeah. as that's one now of know, the it
1: might have to greatest scenes of all
0: time. I feel like uh, the kid's on the Death Sticks. I need to go home and rethink my life after <laughs> confirming that the head does, in fact, move. Um, but I-, I really like... Um, I'm- I'm really into the sets in Empire for some reason. I'm really obsessed with like the set design and set work. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the really the carbonite freezing chamber duel is probably my favorite scene. And a lot of it has to do with the set, the lighting. Um, you know, the dialogue is really cool. You're like really amped up because Luke is going to face Vader for the first time despite what a couple of comic books might say. And uh, <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I just really like that Carbonite Freezing Chamber set. Like, you know, you got the orange lighting, you got Darth Vader's red lightsaber, bl- uh, Luke's blue lightsaber. The whole thing's covered in fog like a damn Kiss concert. Yeah, but when you look at it
1: in the background, it's sort of just got like a white sheet and a floodlight. Uh- like, at the end, it's, it's quite, like, an ingenious use of... Like, you just ignore that. It's not until you, like, really stare. It's just, like... That's just the back of, like, an Oscars set there.
0: It's because everything in the foreground looks so cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, like... It, and I know what you mean. It is very plain in the background. And, you know, like, Cloud City looks cool post-special editions, I feel like the original version of cloud city kind of looked like a hospital to me yeah yeah and uh and so i was never really into that i I feel like they really made it look really cool with the special editions one of the better changes in my opinion was sprucing cloud city up yeah that
1: initial fly in from the falcon like that sort of that extra two shots that we get it's just like so beautiful like just the cityscape is amazing
0: Yeah, and and it's hard to, you know, you got to think, like, there was some, despite all the cool stuff, there's some minimalism going on with some of the sets and those that, like you said, you don't notice until you really look. Like, the background of that carbonite freezing chamber is desolate. It would be very
1: interesting to imagine how George Lucas would have designed that carbonite freezing chamber, like, five years ago.
0: Oh, yeah, there would be like a whole carbonite freezing factory in the background, like <laughs> making large chunks of carbonite and melting it down. I don't know what the process is. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, I'd be way too busy in the background, and there'd probably be an adventure leading up to it, too. <laughs> the um,
1: And what about the Dagobah set?
0: Like Amazing.
1: Just, they, they, for one thing, they had to build it up, like yes elevated for Frank Oz to be chilling downstairs but just like that was always one of the sets that I'd see and go that would be the cool thing about visiting a Star Wars set like yeah like like somewhere where you're you're viscerally in the environment
0: yeah and and just think about the dry ice budget <laughs> the bus. like they spent some serious cash on on dry ice making those uh making that water so foggy man like they had real sets or real uh real snakes on set mark hamill got bitten by one so really they, i've never never heard the the bit by snake story you've never there is a blooper I want to say it's on... Do you remember Empire of Dreams? The, uh, the almost like two and, a half docu- two and a half hour documentary that came on like the first DVD set for Star Wars? I have to say that extras like that
1: oh. and episode one's the beginning. Like back then we sort of almost took it for granted that we were just going to get like an epic...
0: Extra Like, the Empire of Dreams is amazing. It is. And it's, it's one of the things that I actually like, because that's not on the Blu-ray set. There's mm-hmm. a lot of cool stuff on the Blu-ray set, but that's only on the DVD set. And I, uh, I still go back to it on that DVD from time to time. But there's a section where they're talking about the whole filming on Dagobah. And you see uh, Mark Hamill reach into – they're filming a scene where he's reaching into the engine – of the X Wing. Ah, uh, okay. He yeah, he pulls his hand real back real quick, and he's like, "The snake bit me." <laughs> yep,
1: yeah, that uh, has jogged the memory now. And I should point out, if you don't have that DVD, uh, I just had a look on YouTube, and the good people at Star Wars Official YouTube, they have Empire Dreams up. I think it's in maybe yeah. about five or six different parts, but uh, there's a playlist, Empire of Dreams.
0: Yep, you can watch the whole thing on YouTube.
1: Yeah, it's yes, yeah, so good, so good. But yeah, Dagobah, that that was such a, um, like just seeing the X-wing in the mud and just how far it went back and stuff. So cool,
0: and and the cave and Yoda's little hut, which I love. I don't know what it is about that. Like his little uh, Dagobah igloo, but like, um. I don't know if you've ever seen, like, these people that make, like, the really small, compact houses. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, they make the very, very small, like, one or two bedroom with the loft houses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw this one that was made from recycled plastic bricks, right? And the way it's laid out is very uh, circular, and it looks like a giant version of of uh, Yoda's hut on um, Dagobah. And I, when I saw the YouTube video, I showed it to Jesse and I was like, we're, we're building this one day. And she was like, you just like that because it looks like Yoda's house. And? What's the problem with that? <laughs> we live in a giant Yoda's house. I'll make root leaf stew every night. And that epic shot with R2 peeking in. Oh, so good.
1: Like, it's such a, just an odd Star Wars moment. And... It reminds me of the sandworm in The Force Awakens. Is that what he's called? sandworm? Nightworm? Oh, the, the one that
0: was in the Forces of Destiny cartoon? Yeah. I think he's yeah, a nightworm. Just, yeah, that just pokes his head out of the sand for a second. Yeah. To just, check out BB-8. Yeah, just such a bizarre
1: for-no-reason Star Wars thing.
0: Well, there's another one that I really like in The Force Awakens that's shortly thereafter. It's the bird that's just pecking at the metal plate that Ray drives by on her speeder bike.
1: For some reason, I think people don't like that bird.
0: Really? It reminds me of those things sitting outside of Jabba's palace for some reason. Yeah. Like they, they don't look anything alike, but the, the shot, like where you know, just for, you get a random shot of the outside of Jabba's palace and there's a, these frog dogs or whatever they are. Yeah. And then, yeah, I like, and that's for the same reason. I like that bird
1: just be pro bird. I wonder if, I, if there's any little petty things like that that I'm Do you think Ewoks blinking is where does that rate in pettiness between complaining about that and that bird?
0: Um I would just say in amount of screen time the Ewoks blinking uh, is more of an issue. But to be honest, it doesn't really bother me and I don't know how much I would have noticed it if someone didn't point it out. Every Um, podcast. Every every (laughs) podcast. Well, you know, I had definitely, someone was like, when that happened, that was the Blu-ray? Yeah. Where he finally, yeah. I definitely remember having that pointed out to me, but I don't think I would have noticed before. Um, But, hey man, you you don't like Ewoks blinking, that's cool. I don't like C-3PO becoming a battle droid. Who does like that though? There's got to be somebody that will defend that just for the sake of defending it. Oh, my
1: God. I've got to hit Brian Young up with that
0: one. I was wondering what uh, Brian would say about the whole battlejoid C-3PO thing. Yeah.
1: It, it's, it's, it's one thing to just... Like, I can see people just ignoring it, but to
0: enjoy it. Right. And, and to be honest, that's typically what I do just because I I get this really sort of ocd urge in me several it it happens quite often where i'm like it's time it's time to do the entire marathon (laughs) in chronological order add in rogue one right
1: (laughs) i'm just picturing you like waking up at 4 a.m well waking jess it's it's time
0: it's time she's well you know what when i actually end up trying to think of of doing that is when she's working like a double at work when she's going to have like a 12 hour shift Uh because i i know she doesn't care to watch 18 hours of star wars or whatever it is now um and so i always start that's what being an adult is
1: all about Hawes. (laughs) <laughs> right, right. Is, is recognizing when someone else doesn't need to watch A Day of Star Wars. You still yeah. do it, but it's very grown up to realize that others may not want to do it with you.
0: Yeah, so, you know, I'll make some breakfast and I'll sit down and I'll start The Phantom Menace. And then I'll get to Attack of the Clones. And I'm like, I just prepare myself. I'm like, you know, don't, don't let it bring you down. This is a good movie. You just got to get through that one thing that you really, really dislike. And it's at the end anyway, so... um, But what always ends up happening is I get distracted or uh, end up wanting to play some Xbox or something. So I'll stop at Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith, wherever I am, right? And then a couple of days later when I'm like, oh, I should finish up that marathon. I'll start over. (laughs) I won't pick up with four. I'm like, no, I gotta start all the way over. I know watching all these in order... Is gonna unlock some big mystery for me one day. I know it. It's gonna open my third eye, and I'm gonna know. I'm gonna know the whole thing with Star Wars. But yeah, I start all the way over at the Phantom Menace.
1: The thing is with C three P, it's happening in. Th- I love the rest of that scene. I know, I know, I know, man. So when I watch like the Phantom edit of it, like Attack of the Phantom,
0: mm-hmm. of course none of that's in it. Oh really? See, I've I've only seen the Phantom edit, um, you know, just the Phantom Menace version of that. I've never seen the other one. Um,
1: it's it, it might be more powerful if I could be so bold, really, because Attack of
0: the Coins has got so many kick ass moments. It does, man. Like like I said, and and I. I feel bad because I feel like a lot of people pile on that one. It feels like the goat, kind of like where I said I was going to be cliche and say the Empire was my favorite. It almost seems cliche for people to be like, oh, "Attack of the Clones is the worst." Yeah, but I really dislike that one scene so much. And, and you know, you know, the romance stuff is not the strongest. That's been covered. No, but I now love it. I it do- That's what I was going to say. I know it's not good, but it doesn't bother me.
1: You know? Uh, oh no, I think the world is a better place because of the sand pickup line. I think the sand pickup
0: line has brought much joy. Oh, I, I've I know I've laughed at some <laughs> sand jokes. You know. I, I can't say I haven't. Yeah, like
1: at Celebration when on the blog pod we had Spike that got the you know, the jar of sand autographed by Hayden Christensen. Like like, I'd hate for him to be bummed out about that.
0: Oh, but he was so cool at Celebration. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I've done my fair share of sort of complaining about Anakin and the prequels. But, man, Celebration, he seemed just so cool. Like, he won me over big time. Not that I ever hated the guy, you know, but uh, and I'm gl- I was really glad to see Star Wars fans be so stoked that he was there, you know, because... There was definitely a time when people wouldn't have been, you know? Yeah,
1: well, I was next to Jason, and he could have sure done with one certain other Star Wars fan being (laughs) a bit less stoked.
0: (laughs) I know what you're talking about. It was some jealous eyes darting. You know what's funny? um, We were... We didn't get to get into the 40th anniversary panel, and by we, I mean Johnny Grosso, uh, Jesse, and myself, right? And so we were on the show floor, and you know the area by the Star Wars uh, show where they had the big screens? Mm -hmm. We had just gotten out of the Celebration store because I had heard, like, man, that place is rough. So on the first day, we just made a beeline for that right away. Um, and when we came out, we were all sort of just standing there watching the 40th presentation on the big screen. <laughs> and J- Johnny Grosso was like, "Damn, he's handsome." Talking about Hayden, and I was like, "Yeah, man." And and then Jesse was like, "Yeah, I get it, I get it." <laughs> and how did you deal with her getting it? I mean, look, if if Anakin Skywalker is going to swoop in and steal my fiance for me from me, I mean. <laughs> Wow, would I have something to talk about on the podcast. <laughs> my main
1: complaint about Hayden Christensen is not in the Star Wars films.
0: Oh, there would be a, a new I would be doing my own Star Wars minute on episode 2 and 3 and it would be <laughs> real interesting. <laughs> but it was
1: rad to see him come out and he was he he seemed kind of sheepishly enjoying the accolades.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And, yeah, it's cool. Like, you can't... (laughs) You shouldn't get so worked up about someone. I don't know if people thought that someone might boo or something like that, but you've got to, I don't know, have some amount of reality and and not blaming an actor for not being a character you fully enjoyed in a film. When, even if it is your fault, you shouldn't be like that. But, you know, it's... It was not – um he wasn't surrounded by Oscar performances at the time.
0: For sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I was just it, – it was nice. Like, I don't know. I, I Sometimes I, I tend to assume the worst. So when they announced that he was going to be there and doing the signings and stuff, I just remember thinking to myself, man, I hope people are cool to him. You know? Mm. So I was stoked to see that they were.
1: I don't know. I, I felt – I felt good about him being there. I felt good when he came out, the, the reaction. Yeah, yeah. He got a good reaction. Yeah. He's sort of, I don't know, so different to... You know, I guess he's sort of, you know, reclused a little bit. But to, like, your John Boyega, you yeah. know, leading man on stage at a panel. What's up, Star Celebration? Like...
0: <laughs> He
1: was so much, so meek in
0: comparison. A quick aside, is there any actor in Star Wars that has enjoyed being in Star Wars? more? I don't know that I've seen any of these actors have as much fun as John Boyega since he's been in Star Wars. Like every time on his Instagram stories, he's partying it up and dancing. He's, I'm in Star Wars, (laughs) sharing pictures (laughs) on Instagram, cutting jokes on panels. He's having a great time. He's doing it right. Exactly. He's doing what I would. I want people that get cast in the Star in Star Wars to do. I want them to be like, "Yes, I'm in Star Wars."
1: But you know, now I've got this mental picture of him like on like a nightclub dance floor, just dancing, going up to, just like going, "I'm in Star Wars."
0: <laughs> oh, I don't think he has to tell anybody. Yeah, true. I think you see him immediately, and you go, "That's Ben from Star Wars." For some reason, like. I ended up in the Upside Down and ended up going to a club and saw John Boyega, I would make a fool of myself. I'd be like uh, one of those people at a Michael Jackson concert in the 80s, all fainting and stuff.
1: Just a special treat for the listener at home and yourself that I did actually act out John Boyega dancing at the nightclub saying I'm in Star Wars. (laughs) I I just realized that I did actually have my arms up and really feeling the vibe of this... (laughs) (laughs) Very uh, intoxicating fictional nightclub that John Boyega is frequenting in our imagination. The Steel Wars merch store is now shipping the new series of t-shirts, all screen printed, not digitally printed, on all-style apparel, ring-spun, tube-cut t-shirts, meaning you're getting a great quality t-shirt that won't shrink with a screen print that won't fade. We have got four new designs, the Blue Milk Classic, the The Force, I'm Ray's Parents, and Yarvan University. And I'm pretty hyped on all of them. Plus, if you order three t-shirts, I will chuck in a random bonus one in your size. And each purchase comes with an instant 10 premium episodes from our Patreon page. And of course, I will chuck in a bunch of stickers and a "Your Snoke Theory Sucks" lollipop too. It's all up at SteelWars dot com. How did you get into this podcasting game? How did you how did you get to a position where you were getting complained about via electronic mail?
0: Okay, hey, you ready for some of that sweet Haws AdSense? Oh no. Yeah. I'm going to check. No, you're going to like this. So I was listening uh, to your latest I Love Green Guide letters with Bill and Dan. Ah, yeah. And, and you were sort of doing your podcast origin story, which I have not heard. Like just from listening to your stuff as long as I have. I haven't really heard how you've gotten into it, um, you know, besides some minor things. And what's funny is it's <laughs> it kind of lines up with mine pretty well. Um, I I I was not aware of Bill and Dan before I listened to your podcast, so it wasn't necessarily them. I really got into Kevin Smith's podcast when he started up his because I was a big Kevin Smith guy. Um, and so that was a little later than them. It was still I want to say it was before podcasts were on iTunes because I remember downloading his podcasts off of his website and then syncing them up to my iPhone or my uh, iPod, not even iPhone. He's been doing it for that long. I want to say he's been doing it since 2006. It was because I started listening. They were a few episodes in the year I moved to Birmingham and I've been here 10 years this year. So maybe 2007. It could also be that I just didn't know you could download a, a podcast. Off <laughs> iTunes, So it's just doing it off his website. <laughs> It was definitely before I had a smartphone, and I was like, man, this sounds like a lot of fun, you know, just hanging out with one of your friends talking. And I was like, man, it sounds really complicated, though. I held off on it for the longest time. My buddy Steve and I, who's been on uh, Blue Harvest several times, Mm -hmm. um, always talked about doing uh, uh, like a lost podcast for the TV show. We talked about doing one for Buffy the Vampire Slayer, like going back and doing uh, commentaries and stuff.
1: Did you listen to many lost podcasts?
0: I didn't because I was afraid of spoilers. And I didn't know. Uh, it took me – it was It was weird. It took me forever to even listen to a Star Wars podcast because I, I sort of just stuck with the – because, you know, he had a network at the time and then they had spinoff shows and – Jason Mewes got his own show and stuff like that. So I would listen to all of those. But yeah, it took me forever to even think, oh, I wonder if they do Star Wars podcasts. And uh, what really made me want to look into that was the trailer that came out on Black Friday, the very first sort of The Force Awakens teaser. And I was like, oh man, what is going on in this? And then I started looking into podcasts. And I came across, you know, some that uh, – a lot. I checked out a lot of them. But the one I really ended up sort of settling on as being the one I like to listen to was uh, Now This Is Podcasting, actually. And I liked it because they would always – Because you hate
1: podcasts with spoilers in them. No. no.
0: <laughs> well, they always were like – when Sal left, You that's when I could turn off the podcast. You know what I mean? They Because they, Sal would always – uh, leave when they'd start doing the spoiler stuff. So I'd turn it off. Um, and then uh, I liked it because it was more conversational, which sort of springs from the, the Kevin Smith stuff. His aren't you know super produced. It's just him chatting with a couple of friends, right? And uh, that drew me to them. And then at the time, my uh, best friend, Will, had just moved back to Birmingham. He had gone away to go to school and stuff. And, um, you know, we were hanging out at least once a week. And what were we doing? We were talking about Star Wars and how excited we were for Episode 7 and, oh, what are they going to do and stuff like that. So um, I thought about it for a little while. I kind of looked into the whole technical side of it to see if it was something I could handle. And uh, it turns out it was a lot easier than it used to be. As far as hosting and RSS feeds. Like that word RSS feed scared me away from podcasting for like two years. <laughs> Cause I would do, I, I would be like, okay, Steve and I, we're gonna do a lost podcast. Let me research it on Google. And I'd look and they'd be like, you gotta make this uh, text file that's an RSS feed and you gotta update it and you gotta have somewhere to, to host the podcast. And too much for me, man. So,
1: yeah, the, the RSS feed, that was quite technical.
0: Yeah, man too much for me uh so around may the 4th of 2015 yeah 2015 um i was looking online and sort of trying to see what six star wars deals were going to come up on may the 4th and there were obviously there's nothing They're you know at that time like seven months from the new movie they're not going to be putting out a whole lot of merchandise at that time so Instead of spending money on for, uh, on May the 4th stuff, I just decided to order all the equipment to do a podcast. I texted Will, and I was like, hey, we're going to do a podcast. Come over on May the 4th, and we'll record an episode. And that's what we did. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess it's a little cheesy that I was like, we're going to record our first episode on May the 4th. <laughs> Aren't we cool? And then not release it for four weeks, because I'm going to be anal about cutting out all my throat clearing and coughing yeah the paranoia yep i think that's cool you did on may the 4th
1: it worked out it's another one of these
0: things that you did that worked out well you know it it makes it really easy to remember when we recorded our first episode so like this year was our two-year anniversary on may the 4th that's really easy to remember
1: it would be really, you know, it's it's hard to work out who would be the most upset if either of you did forget your podcast anniversary.
0: Will, uh, Will's a, a pretty busy guy. I could see him forgetting. Oh well, wow.
1: It's really sad. I could hear the um, the sadness in your voice as you said that.
0: <laughs> uh, no,
1: man. Will's a pretty busy guy.
0: He yeah. owes me.
1: I know he owes me. <laughs> I swear, I swear. <laughs> and uh i i don't know i always find it really funny but the email that you sent someone to ask for help on how to get a podcast going
0: i mean i won't go into specifics but yeah i i I sent a certain someone who i'd heard on another podcast and like i was like i i need an some some help here and i emailed them right and, and they were on a pretty popular podcast and like th- this, it, the funny thing about this is this is um, really set something in my brain. So when someone e- emails me and it happens every now and then they're like, Hey, your podcast sounds pretty good. How do you do that? How do you make like Will's Skype c- call sound pretty good? And so I just tell them exactly how I record the podcast. But yeah, I emailed this guy and then, It was a quick response. I got the notification. And I was like actually nervous. It makes me feel cheesy today thinking about like, oh, I just emailed this guy from this Star Wars podcast. I'm nervous. What's he going to say? And uh, he emailed back, don't worry about it. We got it. We got it covered. Don't worry about it. We've got it covered.
1: It should have been their slogan. That's a good marketing slogan. Don't worry about it. We've got it covered. (laughs) <laughs> for whatever you do do you know what i mean for, right for half of your parents mcdonald's <laughs> you need burgers don't worry about it we've got it covered half of mcdonald's come you down it's
0: funny speaking of that my dad when i was a kid when we would go see movies we, like typically after school i would go hang out at the mcdonald's so i would be at the mcdonald's from you know, 3.30 until 6.30 or 7 whenever one of my parents decided it was time to leave. Right? Did you,
1: wait, wait. Did you ever own it during, like, when they had a McDonald's, like, Star Wars promotion?
0: No. Unfortunately. That's what I was going to say. So, th- I w- they had McDonald's when I was born. So, like, 83 until I was in, like, fifth grade. And so, basically, they owned a McDonald's <laughs> In the dead Star Wars time, like during the dark times when there was no Star Wars.
1: So selfish of them.
0: (laughs) But (laughs) they did have a really cool Super Mario 3 promotion with some cool Happy Meal toys that I remember. Um, But uh, my dad would load up a huge paper McDonald's sack with cheeseburgers and hamburgers. He would put me in the car. We would go to the local theater that was like a tiny little two screener. He would walk up to the window, give the dude the sack of hamburgers, and we would just go watch a movie. Like, we, that's how he paid. For, McDonald's hamburgers were his <laughs> currency, son. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever told that story on the, of the podcast. I, I, I saved that for a Steel Wars exclusive. And, dude, the theater people were stoked. They would come up to the ticket window and be like, oh, give me a cheeseburger. Like, they would be stoked. You'd hear them all excited. That's how I saw Ghostbusters 2. Oh, my paid for God. Paid by cheeseburgers. Because so parents,
1: like, they always, this is the job of a parent, is to complain about the rising costs of going to a cinema every time you go to a cinema. You know, the, the, the food's too much, the ticket's so much. Yep. Did, did your father ever go, oh, I can't believe going to see Ghostbusters 2, that was 15 hamburgers. Ghostbusters 1 was 8. Yeah. <laughs>
0: No, I think he was just stoked that he was able to, uh, you know, slide in with some sweet McDonald's burgers.
1: Wow. I wish I was working at that cinema. But I want it ordered specially. Could you order, could you, with this currency, (laughs) could you get, like, no ketchup and stuff?
0: Uh, I don't know. I think they just came fully loaded. All righty. My dad would probably be real embarrassed if if I told that story in front of him. I don't know. How could you be...
1: How could you be embarrassed by I mean it, it's like it's the it's like the yummiest
0: mafia story of all time. Can you imagine there's a friend of ours that I can imagine doing the same thing and that's Mike Pappas. <laughs> <laughs> hey baby, I got 20 hamburgers but
1: purpose would be the sort of dude that hears someone has got an excess of hamburgers and then would be like
0: go pick them up
1: and (laughs) yeah and and it's like he'd like okay who who will trade me something for hamburgers
0: you know have have you ever heard about those people that trade on trade up on like craigslist you'll see a story of like a kid traded a baseball card 30 times and got a car or whatever yeah that's mike Yeah.
1: Yeah, I've always wanted to try that. But then it's sort of just like, ugh,
0: sounds like a lot of work. Like, what do you start with? Like, that's the the starting item on one of those things is the key. But it's just so much legwork. I know, and, and I'm a little paranoid about, like, sometimes I'll check Craigslist for Star Wars stuff, or like, you know, Facebook has those, what's on sale in your neighborhood? And mm-hmm. there'll be people selling Star Wars. And like, I'll look at it and I'll be like, man, that's, that's a cool price that's a good price on that sail barge power of the force set been looking for that and then i I just sit there and thinking about it. i'm like i'm gonna get robbed i'm gonna go try and buy star wars toys and they're gonna rob me they're gonna shoot me or something (laughs) i'll never do it (laughs) you're just passing up deal after deal
1: maybe the first thing you should buy is a um bulletproof vest
0: hey that's not a that's not a bad idea (laughs) <laughs> that'd be messed up if I buy a bulletproof vest off of Craigslist and get shot going to buy a bulletproof vest. That'll make the news. Yeah, man. You'll be all over BuzzFeed. You, you'll bump the
1: the person that traded up the best that day news story. for Just oh. in ironic news, man buying bulletproof vest. <sniffs> Capped. Isn't that
0: probably end up one of those Darwin Awards?
1: <laughs> yeah, right. That was Blue Harvest. Yes. But then you teamed up with the aforementioned Michael Pappas and Johnny Grasso. And it's my understanding that you, I don't know, you didn't really know each other. How did, how did that?
0: So the weird thing was, like I said, I was a fan of making Star Wars, right? And their podcast. And I would hear these emails from Johnny Grasso. And much like a lot of other people, I thought he was fake at first. And then – so I started a Blue Harvest Twitter account. I followed all the Star Wars podcasters and people I knew on Twitter, right? And then one day I get a notification that I'm being followed by Johnny Grosso. And like it's – steel. listen to me, buddy. It's embarrassing for me to say this. I was stoked. (laughs) I was so (laughs) excited. I was like – I told Jesse. I'm not joking. I was like, Jesse, Johnny Grosso just followed me on Twitter, and she was like, who is Johnny Grosso? Don't you like, have a Star like Wars you...
1: marathon to watch?
0: <laughs> Get out of my face. Go look at your Black Series. Go talk about blue stripe boxes and how you can't find a Luke and Stormtrooper disguise. Leave me alone. Um, and he followed me and messaged me on Twitter and was really nice. And he was like, it was around like our fifth or sixth episode. He stumbled across Blue Harvest. And he messaged me and he was like, man, that... That episode was really good. You guys are good. I'm going to tell people about you. He did a, the Johnny Grosso thing where he takes a podcast under his wing and spreads it. <laughs> um, and it was really nice. And uh, like it, I'm not, once again, if when Johnny listens to this, it's going to give him a big head. It really helped out our listeners too. Like that was like our really first sort of noticeable jump on listeners was Johnny Grosso promoting us. And then I started playing a little Xbox with Johnny, occasionally playing the uh, uh, the first Star Wars Battlefront that came out uh, just before the Force Awakens. And then we had Johnny on Blue Harvest, and so like I just started becoming friends with him and stuff. And he called me one day and he said, "Look, I want to. I'm going to do a podcast uh, for the Making Star Wars podcast network. I got this guy named Mike that's going to do it with me." But that, that
1: is a perfect way to describe Mike as well. I've got this guy.
0: <laughs> I've got this guy who knows a guy, um, and but the problem is we don't know how to record a podcast. So I was like, "All right, I'll help you out." And and when I came on board, quote unquote, they were calling themselves the Bad Boys of Star, <laughs> the Bad Boys of Star Wars Podcast.
1: <laughs> it's it sounds like. Like a burlesque performance at Star Wars celebration late at night.
0: <laughs> the Thunder Down Under presents oh <laughs> the bad boys of Star Wars podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> <He-yo>. <laughs> oh
1: um, the bad boys.
0: And and like I told Johnny like I don't know about that name, but that
1: that could have been your first ever
0: I don't know, Johnny. <laughs> I don't know about that. And he was like, no, it's cool. Cause it'll tell, but, but it's it's funny. And so um, we got in this big like group text, right? And Jason was in there and Johnny, Mike, and myself. And he was like, okay, we're going to, Halls is going to help with the podcast. Jason's like, cool. And he goes, we're going to call ourselves the bad boys of Star Wars podcasting. And Jason says, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and then like some uh, like so this text chain became all these terrible names for the podcast right and i'm terrible at naming podcasts the only reason i named blue harvest blue harvest is because i always like that story about it being the uh code name for return of the jedi Mm -hmm. um and it was jason actually who i don't know if he meant it seriously or as a joke said you guys should call yourselves Rogue One, one with a W, a podcast for winners. And, and that was it. I was like, that's the one. We do that one.
1: I find it weird. I don't know. Maybe it's just modern society. But that I've, I've listened to you guys become friends.
0: I you know what it is it I'm not gonna lie it's a little weird for me sometimes to think about because before you know 2015 I didn't know Johnny before last year I didn't know Mike the first conversation I ever had with Mike was the first episode of Rogue One we never talked before we got on a Skype call and Johnny was like all right I'm gonna go get a drink Mike this is Halls Halls this is Mike and I was like uh hey hey buddy hey Mike (laughs) And luckily, Mike is such, you know, an outgoing, friendly guy. He's like, tell me about yourself. What do you do? What do you do for work? <laughs> what sort of stuff do you need?
1: <laughs> do you like Transformers? I really like Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> and and how do you, like, work out, like, in your head? what, what What's the difference between the two podcasts?
0: Um... You know, that's actually kind of difficult for me sometimes because both podcasts cover the news. You know, we cover what's been going on in the week. And then I, I think, honestly, um, the difference for me is, uh, I don't know, I guess Blue Harvest is a little more laid back just because Will and I are both sort of laid back guys. And I'm not saying this is bad about Johnny, but Johnny is not laid back. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean no, but this is being honest, right, buddy? I like. I, I'm not trying to hurt Johnny's feelings, but he's not laid back. Like he's Johnny Grasso. He's very. I don't know what the word is. He's very energetic.
1: I like that your description of Johnny Grasso is he's Johnny Grasso.
0: Right. And uh, and and I would say the difference is that I for Rogue One, I just let Johnny. Do his thing. Like I, I let him steer that show, and jump in when I can try to crack a joke or add some piece of information. And then Blue Harvest, because like I said before, Will's really busy in his personal life. That's sort of the one that I get to do my thing on. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, it's it's a different. It's so such a different experience when you've got that. I just have to jump in when I feel like it. Vibe
0: yeah and and it's I honestly, I enjoy it. like I enjoy just being able to sit back and try to crack a joke or uh, see how far off the topic. I, that's kind of my thing on Rogue One sometimes is I'll try to steer it off topic <laughs> and see what happens. Um, <laughs> a lot of times that blows up in my face though, but you know
1: some of the um exasperated responses are always
0: my highlight. yeah yeah uh and that's the thing like uh but that's sort of part of the fun of listening to it
1: is is listening to the dynamic between the three of you' yeah,
0: cause like Johnny even
1: and- like even when Mike can't make it, just the bitterness in Johnny's voice when he, <laughs> oh. when he introduces him <laughs> as not being there,
0: <laughs> oh yeah man he he definitely lets um <laughs> lets it be known that he's disappointed and like. He uh, and I, I know he's just joking around like that's I, I love ribbing Johnny because Johnny takes it really well, you know, and but Johnny gives it really well too. like he's definitely one of those friends that you have that you can sort of poke a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. um, all in good fun. But like a couple of weeks ago, I had to take an, a night off because I was going to Mississippi to visit my nephew that was just born. This Dude. this
1: sounds like the beginning of a very selfish story, Horace.
0: Oh no, it's not. Johnny was totally cool about it. He was like, "I absolutely- know, oh,
1: I was saying about you letting oh. down the team." <laughs> New yeah, nephew. And-
0: There's a Star Wars podcast to make. <laughs> and you know, uh, by the way, my nephew's middle name is Steel. I heard that. That is yeah, my <laughs> that my brother's really cool. middle name is Steel. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, we're spreading.
1: I used to bump it a little bit further up the naming rights, though. Middle name.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Johnny, while I was away, proceeded to talk on the show about how big of a brony I am. And made (laughs) up this whole story about how I'm a brony and I collect ponies and stuff. Which, hey, if you're a brony, more power to you. I'm just not a brony. Um,
1: Jenny is. Jenny Nicholson's a brony. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, she's all about the
0: uh, the, the pony life. Dat pony life. It's not that I have anything against ponies or people that are bronies. I don't. Is brony a mean thing to call someone? Like, you know, there's a difference between calling someone a Trekkie or a trekker. Is brony one of those things? Like, if I met someone that was real into ponies and I was like, oh, so you're a brony, would they be mad at me? Like, I don't want to insult them. I don't know. I don't think so.
1: I think it's a term of endearment. But is it offensive to call someone a Trekkie or a trekker?
0: I... I I'm not very well versed on the whole star Trek thing, but I believe there's one that they prefer. And I believe it's Trekker because Mm. that sounds like, uh, I don't know, but I could be wrong about that. There's going to be a star Trek fan with me because of that one.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I, I sort of thought it was like Nerd. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe, right? Decades ago, it was like a diss, and now it's like, yeah, I'm a trekkie, I'm a nerd. I could be wrong. I don't want to speak yeah, for I mean, the trekkers. I hope that all the trekkies. Hmm. I'm so glad that Star Wars fans don't have a name. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Like warzies. Star Wars. <sniffs> rough. Oh, Love the Steel Wars interview shows? Enjoy the Steel Wars call-in show? Want more content? Dislike the $3 sitting in your pocket right now? Well then, do I have something for you. It is the Steel Wars Patreon Content Club. From just $3 a month, there are higher tiers that get you t-shirts, stickers, and other assorted goodness. But from just $3, every episode... Ever recorded of Steel Wars along with all the bonus episodes like the Colin Show bonus show, the Making Steel Wars show, Gonk and Steel's Trash Compactor, our live comedy film commentaries where you get to watch a Star Wars movie, along with our commentary soundtrack and so much more are available to all the Steel Wars content club members as thanks for supporting the twice-weekly production of of the Steel Wars podcasts. Support the show. Never be without content to listen to at patreon.com forward slash Steel Wars. Yeah, so it's it's super cool because it's a it's a pretty honest relationship between the three of you. And so I've listened to you become friends, but there's there's been one or two episodes where I'm like. I think I've heard the last episode. This is it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> They're not coming back next week. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I, I I can take some of the blame for that. I, I can get a little cranky on Rogue One. And it, and it's partially because of we record it really late on, a, on like a work night for me. Like on the, one of the we were talking earlier about the differences between the two shows like Blue Harvest. We record that and like i'm just like luke on tatooine looking into the sunset that is my weekend coming up gotcha so i'm nice and relaxed and i don't have i get real like work anxious and stuff yeah so around midnight when rogue one is still going and johnny's peacocking around and mike is talking <laughs>
1: peacocking that's <laughs> at the megapod after oh. celebration that's what he he was actually walking around like a peacock on the microphone
0: um and then uh oh, you want to talk about something i regret missing is being there for that oh my goodness <laughs> oh my goodness but uh
1: I, I don't know man there was a few people there that regretted not missing it <laughs>
0: Oh man, I, you know what? Megapod is delivered twice now. I, in my opinion, <laughs> um, and, and honestly, when I think back at it, there was only one time where I think I was probably really, uh, like actually ticked off to the point where like after afterwards I was like, ah, I don't, I don't know if this is for me. And it was, uh, back when the rogue one reshoots, uh, thing first broke Mm -hmm. and uh on the show mike and i both were like i don't know man it doesn't worry that me that much i don't think it's that bad of a sign that they're doing reshoots and johnny was like oh it's a terrible sign doom and gloom and i was like no i don't think it is and he started telling me and mike that we were drinking the kool-aid which i don't know if you have like one of those phrases that just annoys you but that's one of them that annoys me and Johnny has no way of knowing that. It's not like I sat him down and I was like, "Dude, I hate when people use the the term drinking the Kool Aid." Did you um, did
1: you lose a family member in a cult?
0: <laughs> Jim Jones, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My uncle was Jim Jones. It's, I don't like to talk about it, Uncle Jimmy. Um, <laughs> but like, I don't know. I I could get into it, but it, to me, it just sounds. It's one of those things people say, and what they mean is. Uh, basically oh you're stupid your opinion doesn't matter because you're too invested in this thing you like right yeah so basically what it felt like he was saying was oh you're too you like star wars too much you're just drinking the kool-aid so it doesn't matter what your opinion is Mm -hmm. and i'm not saying that's really what what johnny meant but that's sort of how i take that when people use that and uh and like i i there was my a buddy of mine steve that listens he texted me, and he was like, dude, are you going to be on Rogue One anymore? That was a real fight, wasn't it? And I was like, yeah, that was that was a real fight. I was really pissed off. And then <clears throat> I was like, at the time, I was like, okay, I'm just going to let this blow over. I, You know, I'm a bit of a hothead sometimes. I'm not really upset with Johnny. He's not really upset with me because, you know, Johnny uh, likes to play it up for the podcast. I think he's he's very honest about admitting that. And um, when you're just talking to Johnny in person or, you know, like on the phone or something, couldn't be a nicer guy. Very nice guy. Um, So I wasn't going to, you know, really even say anything to him. But then the next day on Twitter, uh, I believe it's when Jason dropped the 40% reshoots Mm -hmm. uh, information. And Johnny tagged me in it on Twitter and said, Don't ever say that I'm not right again. You have to realize I'm always right. And I was like, oh, I was at work. And like, you know, in cartoons, when like people's heads turn red and their ears start steaming, that was me. And so I texted him and and we worked it all out. It was totally fine. He was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I pushed it too far.
1: (laughs) But the thing with that is I kind of feel like you're both right.
0: Yeah, it, it, you know what, it's, it's all, in those type of things, isn't it always somewhere in the middle, you no, know? No, because,
1: you know, the film did turn out, you know, pretty good, but at the time, it was in a lot of trouble.
0: Right, right, but see, that's, to, if you go back and listen to that episode, Johnny I'm not, I'm is not like- not going to do that. Oh, it's, it's fine, I don't blame him." <laughs> but he's, he's like, this is a bad sign. This means this, th- and he's like, this is not good. For- it's going to lead to a bad movie, basically. And, I, and my you know, argument was, well, I think the reason they're doing this is because they're trying to avoid that.
1: Mm. True that, true that. Johnny Grasso. There's been <coughs> just some pauses and some sighs that, <laughs> that I just enjoy, like a, a fine scotch.
0: Yeah, and and what's funny is uh, every now and then somebody will write in and they'll be like, "Oh, whole side at my question. Awesome."
1: <laughs> it's it's strange what people gravitate towards.
0: <laughs> yeah, it uh, totally unintentionally on my part. It's not like I tried to make that whole sigh thing a thing and then yeah, I didn't even realize it till someone pointed it out, you know. <laughs>
1: Before you went to Celebration,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: like from the podcasts and all that stuff, had you met anyone?
0: No, none, no listeners, nobody that did other podcasts. So I got to meet all my new Star Wars friends that I'd made over the last couple of years at Celebration.
1: And on the podcasts, or on your podcast leading up to it, and, and I sort of didn't. I don't I don't think I put it all together that you'd sort of met, like, not even your co-hosts from uh, Rogue One. Of course, you've met Will. Right. He wasn't going to be there. So, you and Jesse were sort of going into unknown country. Like, I'd, you know, obviously, you know, all the Californian people had, you know, become very uh, familiar with. And then I'd met Johnny and Pappas, in, in New York, at New York Comic Con. And right. so, I was, for me, it's, it was so, like, oh, I can't wait to get amongst everyone, all my friends. How was it for you to, like, meet all these people that you've been interacting with that having met none of them in person? Because I know you had, and I was getting so nervous for you because you were like saying, oh, I don't know how I'm going to be like in front of all these people in real life. And I was sort of listening to you say that. I'm like, no, 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 no. Just please let this dude be whores off the podcast. I want to meet that guy.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I'm i to be completely honest, I'm a very anxious person. Um, I know that doesn't come across on the podcast necessarily a lot because a lot of times, uh You know, it's just me talking with people I'm really comfortable with. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I do talk about some of my anxiety stuff on the show a lot, but I try to, you know, sort of turn it into a joke. Will and I had a bit about how uh, maybe uh, all this podcasting stuff and there being a Star Wars movie every year was just a dream I was having in a coma. And it actually sort of made me sort of anxious and panicky on the podcast. So, like, I tried to turn that around into sort of like a little bit or a gag. But, uh, yeah, I I was legitimately worried that – because I don't know. I guess it's a bit of social anxiety is what I really have, where, like, you know how you'll see these memes about people that go to parties and they just end up hanging out with – you know, the person who's hosting the party's pets the whole time. That's kind of me. Like, like if I go over to my buddy Steve's house, and I know I talk about this dude all the time, he's just a good example. Um, And uh, if there's a bunch of people over there for an event or something that I don't know, it's it's me and his cat, Simeon, hanging out. And I'm just chilling with Simeon until I get comfortable. So I was was a little worried that something like that would happen at uh, at celebration. But it actually turned out, I I mean, I think – you know, having sort of this Twitter friendship with a lot of these people and uh, people that write into the podcast, all these podcasts that I listen to, like you guys are, you know, uh, making Star Wars and you and and all that. Like, I don't know. I guess it just sort of helped ease me into it. So I was fairly comfortable, uh, surprisingly so, um, when I got to meet everybody.
1: Yeah, you you were one of the highlights of the whole convention horse.
0: I don't know about that.
1: I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I was very impressed.
0: Well, I, I definitely had a, a good damn time. I know that.
1: Nice. I, this is, I don't, I don't know. Like, I was thinking about this the other day. I. I the th- one of the things I love about Star Wars fandom, it, it's just like this, like, silly thing that get you into contact with all these, like, different types of people. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's, oh, yeah. there's no way that we'd be friends if, like, it wasn't for Star Wars. Like, it's statistically very unlikely. And I... Like, and you, you sort of get... Yeah, so you sort of, you you, you meet people out of the realm to where you'd normally meet people. And this, I don't know, how do you, like, this just might sound so weird to you, but Mm -hmm. I don't think I had a friend before in a wheelchair.
0: Really? Yeah. I mean, you know, we're kind of like the Highlander. There's not a lot of us out there. (laughs) I mean, there's a lot of us out there. But, um, you know, what's funny is we were talking about Johnny and, and, like, Johnny before celebration he called me up and he was real serious and i thought something was wrong and he goes i need to know something i want you to be completely honest with me and he's like what's what's the protocol and being around you like like if i try to push you in your wheelchair are you going to be offended if like you're trying to get around and i give you a hand like he wanted to know he was very nice very sweet of him but like you know he wanted to know what like i'm comfortable with and stuff and um you know, that, that's one of those things that, like, um, it's weird. Like, I talk about it, but I don't, like, I don't know. I, I guess I don't try to put it to the forefront of, you know, the content of my show or whatever. Mm. But what's interesting is every now and then someone will be like, I've listened, you know, I've listened for a year now and I just realized you're in a wheelchair. What's that all about? <laughs> so it's, it's it's funny, like some people, you know, uh, sort of catch on pretty immediately and others, like, it just hits them one day and then I get a, a DM message about it or they're like, oh, you know, my, my cousin's in a wheelchair. Is, what's going on with you? Is it the same thing? That sort of thing.
1: Yeah. I, I, I was, you know, I, I shared Johnny's, like, it wasn't in the forefront of my mind. But then when I saw you, I was like, oh, do you... Do I crouch when I talk? Do I, like, stand? Like, what's what's everyone else doing? Like, I just want to be chill. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is mm-hmm. my friend. I don't want to, like... Like, it's... I, I, I think it's sort of like you just want everyone in any situation to be normal. Right. And then you sort of, like, begin to overthink stuff, which is the worst thing to do in anything, I think.
0: Right. Yeah, and, you know, that's one of those things that, like, I know... um you know people have told me like well when we first started hanging out i didn't know if like like if i should crouch down and get on your level when we're talking or whatever but i to me it's one of those things i don't even notice like you know if someone's standing or crouching like uh, i guess i'm just so used to it um uh and like you know I, it's one of those things like <laughs> that um I don't like necessarily people to make a big fuss over in public if that makes sense, like
1: yeah, of course, yeah,
0: but like a good example is, um my friends are in a band, they do the theme song for Blue Harvest, and every now and then, Stone Je, Jess- yes, sir, um every now and then, Jesse and I will go to a show of theirs, right, and th- eventually, and it's it I always know it's it's coming from like. Someone being really nice, but someone sees me and then they try to like clear a path through the crowd to get me right up front. You know what I mean? And that kind of, I don't know, embarrasses me a little bit, makes me a little uncomfortable where I'm like, no, man, I'm good. Like, these are my friends. I've seen them dozens of times. You know, I don't need to be right up front. Mm. Um, and it's it's just one of those things. And like a lot of times, if, especially if the person's had a few drinks, they'll be very insistent. On trying to push me through this big crowd of people to get me up front and it oh no that's one of those things where i'm just like yeah that makes me a little uncomfortable
1: <laughs> yeah that was the sort of thing it was like because when we were in the line the camp out which like that was you know that that's it's it's tough for everyone but i was sort of just like well horse doesn't seem like he gives a fuck so i'm not gonna give a fuck either
0: Yeah. And that, I mean, that's perfect. Like, and I'll tell you right now, like I'm one of those people, if I needed a hand with something, I've got no qualms asking, you know, like if something is out of my, uh, realm of, of ability or whatever, I'll, I'll definitely say, Hey, do you mind giving me a hand with this or something? Like a good example in the line, you know, we were sort of cordoned off by those bars and, uh, I was in a very sort of like, stationary position where I couldn't really turn to the left or right and getting out of the line to like go to the bathroom or just move around a little bit was kind of difficult. So, you know, I would have to ask somebody to help me, but I got no problems with that kind of thing. I'll ask if, if I need a hand.
1: I'll demand.
0: I don't know about demand. Oh, I'll try <laughs> to be a little Southern politeness. Never hurt nobody.
1: <laughs> I'm interested to get your thoughts on this. We, there was a, a, a podcaster recently uh, Put out a podcast. His name's Steve Glosson. He does this podcast called Geek Out Loud, and it's obviously a very long-running podcast. It goes. It's this is episode two one four that he. Uh, it's about an hour into it if you if you want to listen. But he had some complaints about his escape. His Star Wars escape is being ruined by people. Demanding that the gay characters be in the Star Wars universe and uh, less abled characters are in the Star Wars universe and I, I should is 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 less abled is that the am I doing the right thing here, whores?
0: Look, this may make me a a bad disabled or handicapped person, but <laughs> I don't I don't know what the preferred term is. Like if somebody were to be like, oh, you're handicapped, that wouldn't offend me. If someone were to be like, oh, you're disabled, that wouldn't offend me. So, you know, there's a, I'm sure there's some that would offend me. Like, I think when I was in college, there was sort of a, a, a movement, at least on our campus, to have it changed, like, handicapped spots and stuff, to differently abled. And I thought that was goofy, personally.
1: That's an odd choice of words. Do you know what would make you a bad uh handicapped person horse? Tap dancing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just like Gregory Hines on the weekend, yeah, strutting about like Johnny Grasso <laughs> on a live podcast. <laughs> tap tap
1: tap tap. Yo. He stated that his niece is uh in a wheelchair and she shouldn't have to look to movies for people in wheelchairs her hero should be her parents and her family which is great and i'm all for that but one thing that i've learned doing this podcast over the years is is how important it is you know i'm i'm a white heterosexual male i am well represented in star wars i'm i'm all over the shop there's a lot of me I'm right. I'm very well represented. But, you know, in in you know doing a lot of these interviews and interacting with people online, like I know um like Kelly Marie Tran is is really exciting for a lot of you know Asian female Star Wars fans. I'm excited about her cuz she's she's awesome. And it's cool to, you know, especially when like I'm so used to everything, like I'm everywhere. Like, on my screen right now, there's a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 advertisement. And, you know, in the middle is essentially a really good-looking version of me holding up two guns. Right. Do you know what I mean? So, I'm I'm, I'm sorted for. But you've gotten a bit of a thing with him on on Twitter about, like, I, I think your niece should be represented on screen.
0: I'm definitely... Something I've I've found out about myself uh, through this whole podcasting experience and having a, a Twitter account and stuff is that I, I don't really like uh, bullies. And, I mean, I know I'm. Hey, look, I know I'm taking a hard stance, and a lot not a lot of people take saying that. But and it, and it seems like a lot of people online nowadays become bullies and then use either a religious or political belief to try and make it seem like they're not being bullies by just being like, Hey, that's how, that's how I feel, man. There's a gay agenda out there. Um, and and this was the first time that something like that popped up where, um, I felt like I, you know, I could talk about it with some sort of insight, you know? And, uh, I was heated. If you thought I was, uh, I was upset with Johnny Grosso over a Rogue One argument. Whew! You should have seen me. Jesse and I were going to uh, going to see Spider Man, the new Spider Man movie. Right as that sort of was coming up, and I was like, "Oh, I don't know if we could go to the movie." I'm about to have some serious Twitter beef with a dude who lives in Georgia. Um, and yeah, it, it's just disappointing to me that like someone, especially someone who has a family member who's in a similar situation. They can't see how much that would mean to their niece to see someone like her represented in a movie. You know what I mean? And like,
1: it's, it's also big of him to decide for her.
0: Right. Right. Exactly. And, and, and then like be like, well, I'm and, and what he say, like what are saying about, you and, know,
1: I just want to point out as well, like what, I first related to in Star Wars was I was Luke Skywalker in a little town. Right. Do you know what same I mean? here. So same I same here. So I could just go, well, that's me in this adventure. I could find out, you know, you don't you don't think about it, you know, you're four or five or whatever. You don't think about it too viscerally, but you can place yourself in the adventure as Luke Skywalker.
0: Right. You know, that's not something that I've ever really been able to do um, with the kind of movies and entertainment I like, like besides star Wars, you know, I'm really into like comic books. And as we discussed horror movies and look, if you're in a, a wheelchair and a horror movie, that does not go well for you. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just say, if you've never seen Friday, the 13th part Two, nightmare on Elm street three or the original chainsaw massacre, uh, people in wheelchairs do not make it long in those movies. <laughs> um but uh it's it's you know it happens every now and then and and you know on one hand i kind of get it because star wars is this sort of idyllic universe when you think about it they've kind of conquered medicine there's not really a lot of handicaps in star wars like they would have just thrown me in a bacta tank or given me like a robot leg or something right now on. you got you got Clee lars but I mean, how long is Old Clegg in the movie, and is he really something to identify and aspire to? Cleggars, <laughs> um, maybe not. Jack Thompson, however. Now, oof, I've seen that. you. You told me about that magazine spread. <laughs> spread oof. being the operative word. Oh my goodness! Uh, oof, I'm getting a hot flash. Uh, so I, you know, I tweeted at him, and then he reached out to me offline and uh, you know, I'm not going to go into word for word what he's saying, but talking to him, it became very clear that like, why am I even talking to this guy? You know, nothing is going to come of this. And the one thing that really annoys me and it happens a good bit is when someone says like with the issue of like disabled people being represented in movies, Oh, but what about Professor X? He's in a wheelchair. And that's that's always like, and, and that was his, his go-to. Um, and that's a lot of people's go-to. And I don't know why, but that kind of annoys me because like, I don't know, man, like that's one out of you know, how many comic book, there's like 10 comic book movies a year and you might get an X-Men movie with a guy in a wheelchair. And it's depending on the X-Men movie you watch, they may be giving him some kind of special serum. So he's not even in a wheelchair.
1: Yeah. And, and, and what young girl can't relate to Patrick Stewart?
0: Exactly. Or James McAvoy. So like, I don't know. It, it's not like I'm looking to go see uh wheelchair wars where everybody in star wars is in floating around and, high-tech wheelchairs but it would be cool to see you know somebody um i don't know it's just sometimes i feel like uh i'm not the best at arguing these type of points when it comes to representation and stuff because we've got some friends that do amazing jobs with that type of stuff the the ladies over at rebel girl are great about that sort of thing you know Mm -hmm. and i just um Sometimes I feel like I'm not great again about getting my points across. I wonder if if like I maybe get a little too angry and invested and 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 one thing is is I always like we, we talked about the language on the podcast early. I always try to curb that when I'm discussing these sort of things with these people online because I don't want them to use that as like a, oh, he's just a foul mouth idiot, you know what I'm saying he's resorting to curse words and here's the thing like I grew up um. Are you familiar with the term the Bible Belt? Yes. To describe certain parts of America? Man, I grew up in the Bible Belt. I've spent my entire 34 years of living in the Bible Belt of America. Uh, I went to a very religious school. I went to a Southern Baptist school, which is, I don't know if you know anything about them, they're very strict. Like, Harry Potter is the devil. Like, you're not allowed to read Harry Potter books in school. They weren't big on Star Wars. Um, So... I feel like I've got a lot of experience and I respect people's faith. I have no problem with anybody's religious views unless they use those to be a dick to somebody that's different than them. And unfortunately, that seems to happen quite a bit. And
1: But it's also the jump between like Jesus, right? Right. Who's a dude that like washed lepers' feet. Right to let's not have
0: any wheelchairs in star wars it's a massive leap and and he he said it like his direct quote is was niece shouldn't demand that there be disabled people in the movies and content that she likes and my thoughts was my thought was absolutely she should demand that why not? is it really gonna bother is it going to bother you that much if you see something like that in in a you know comic book movie or a Star Wars movie or Star Trek or whatever it is and you know you said earlier he was talking about how he feels like uh, children should look to their parents and and you know peers to be role models instead of people they see on screen and I Hey, I agree with that. I came from a family that was very supportive of me. My parents took the tact of raising me as if he wants to try it, we'll let him try it. Whatever, like when I was young, I wanted to take, I saw the karate kid in blood sport and I wanted to take taekwondo. So my parents let me take taekwondo until I didn't want to do it anymore. They never took the view of, oh, you can't do that. They always took the view of, hey we'll give it a shot if you can pull it off more power to you
1: can, can i so, just ask did your drifting away from taekwondo did that coincide with you realizing they weren't going to let you give your enemies compound fractures of the ankle
0: <laughs> well uh, once i realized uh that there wasn't a whole lot of sparring involved and i didn't really get to break as many bricks and boards as i thought i was going to i got a little bored with it i took taekwondo from like first grade to like third grade i think And in that entire time, I maybe got to spar once or twice. And I was like, oh, this sucks. I don't get to beat anybody up.
1: Dude, your parents, they must have been so worried about you. They're like, why does our little adorable son keep drawing Freddy Krueger and desperately want to smash bricks?
0: (laughs) Well, you know what? Uh, My dad actually years later was like, I thought it was a good idea in case anybody tried to pick on you. You would beat their ass. I was like, right on, dad. Sure. (laughs) So, yeah, my parents, like I said, were very supportive. I had really good role model parents. My parents are both really good people, you know. But that doesn't mean if there was, you know, a character in a wheelchair in Star Wars, that wouldn't have meant a whole lot to me. And it's a bit of a like a a running joke on my podcast. But like I I think it's cool that Klee is in a wheelchair. Like when I went to see Attack of the Clones, when that happened... I was like, wow, holy crap, I never expected that. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's not like I walked out of there and I was like, oh, that was a a life-changing moment in Star Wars fandom for me, but I'm not going to lie, it brought a little joy to me to actually see them sort of have somebody in a wheelchair in a Star Wars movie.
1: That's pretty hot. You're just like, I can't wait to lose my slave wife. <laughs> and not look for
0: her. and have a very morose funeral behind a, a hut,
1: <laughs> and then just sleep up the other end in your dome.
0: You know, we don't have any canon uh establishment of when Klee Lars died. So, hey, if there's a Obi Wan movie in between three and four, maybe we get a little kleeg action. Oh, That's winning. all I'm saying. You're winning me over on this Obi-Wan movie idea. I hadn't even (laughs) thought that
1: Klieg might get another look in. It it was so strange the different reactions we had to Klieg Lars.
0: (coughs) Right, because I was not uh, familiar with Jack Thompson.
1: I was just like, what is Jack Thompson doing in Star Wars? (laughs) Get out, Jack Thompson. You're too Australian for this. Oh, but there is actually, um, this has been, there's been so much s- promotional synergy in this podcast. There is a really fun uh, Josh Chapman enhanced clip on the Steel Wars YouTube of uh, me explaining Klee Glass and his very revealing photo shoot in the 70s to my wife. And I loved it. It was, uh, it was, it was tremendous. But. By having these characters on the screen, like that teaches kids, and Star Wars is a movie for kids, that right. whatever, Luke Skywalker or Greedo or you know, whoever, Wald, he's chill with that person. So in real life, John you know I mean, you should be mellow as well. Like that's Princess Leia as a young boy won me over with girls. Right i didn't right. have I didn't have you know girls when you're little I'm not sure if you remember that I, I was not so pro girl girls there was girl germs I'm not sure if you're aware of these girl germs
0: i were, I've heard some I've read some scientific reports on yeah, them, for
1: well, sure our schoolyard was infested with them right <laughs> and, and it was. It was a disaster. And, yeah, and, and, like, when, you know, Carrie Fisher, like, passed away and we we spent a lot of time sort of, you know, thinking about the impact of of her and and Princess Leia, it was sort of like, like, that defined, like, women to me was, you know, this, like, like kick-ass character that, you know, was, like, funny and, and sarcastic and took charge and stuff and you know that's the power of of these silly fantasy space films is that you can affect people while they're entertained and they don't even know until they're way older and they've recorded several hundred podcasts about the subject then it's like oh ding oh you got me lucas you got me but the the thing about the whole escape thing that I I listened to it yesterday. That, that that segment he recorded. It's it's always it's my escape. It's mine.
0: Yeah. Right, like like you're the only person in the world that likes Star Wars. But
1: I don't want to allow to have. You know, I don't want a gay character in this movie because it's not a gay person's escape. It's my escape. It's very selfish. Like, it, it's just oh, it's, like, like even unknowingly in the way that you present your argument, it's very selfish.
0: The like, epitome of of selfishness. Uh, I, I think we talked about this one time on your call-in show. I can't wait. It's going to happen. I cannot wait until there's a gay character in a Star Wars movie because I feel like that's really going to uh, be a culling point for some of the um, less favorable people out there like like uh, you know uh, we, we've talked about this before but like when they're like oh that's it i'm done with star wars oh it, it, it all seemed to stem from uh forces of destiny right if i remember correctly that's was the whole entry point for his rant on how people were taking away his escape never and,
1: has a series of dolls scared so many grown men
0: i know right and and like you know
1: I don't get it, man. If you're gonna be scared by dolls, those those marionettes, the talking ones. Like oh. like all that you know, all the ones that you probably watched in movies when you were four and a half. Those ones
0: <laughs> like a, terrifying like ventriloquists yes! ventriloquist dummies? Yes. Oh, if if I am so glad, like, that Jesse is into the things she's... she Because if she was into, like, ventriloquist dummies, we couldn't be together. Like, <laughs> if she had a ventriloquist dummy room, I'm out of here. <laughs> That's... No, thank you.
1: And, and how... Things freak me right out. And, and can I just ask, I don't want to go too deep into your romantic life, but how many girls did you have to call it off with because you found out they had a ventriloquist dummy room? <laughs>
0: Um, you know, it's, it was a rough road. It was a rough road to finding Jesse. There was a lot of, there was also a lady that was really into clowns, <gasps> couldn't that. <laughs> there was a lady who had a tarantula collection. No thank you.
1: <laughs> I, I, I didn't realize that your part of the Bible Belt also crossed over with the ventriloquist dummy apron. As that region
0: is known. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just it wraps around Mississippi and Alabama. There's it's crazy. We've got whole shops just full of old old ventriloquist dummies, and there's an old guy outside drinking water and singing at the same time.
1: Yeah, it, it's so I don't know. It's it's weird. I, I I struggle with it. Like what to do about it because it's like. Oh, they're attacking me because of my religious beliefs. No, you're you're saying you don't like gay people because they're gay.
0: Yeah, eh, and they've got a quote-unquote agenda. Like, as soon as I hear that quote-unquote gay agenda, I'm like, Oh, so I know what I'm dealing with here. Might as well not even bother. You know, like, eh, I don't get it, man.
1: That, that, that evil agenda of freedom.
0: Right, that just... They just want to be left alone to do with it. They're not hurting you in any way. They're not bothering you in any way. But you still seem to have some problem. And and like I said, it's it's using your religious or political beliefs as a shield to be a shitty person. And I don't dig that. Yeah.
1: And he was complaining about how when people were, were coming at Chuck Windig for his characters, how that Chuck was very rude. And it's like, can you imagine the bile that was getting sent to chuck windegg like i
0: i've seen it It, they're on they uh, they may have been taken down by now but there was some terrible stuff written on his amazon reviews for that first aftermath book and hey like i wasn't a huge fan of that book but it had nothing to do with the character content of it i just wasn't a huge fan of his writing style but i didn't sit down on amazon and you know, write a four-page treatise of a review about how he's, you know, trying to force his views on me. Yeah, I, I, if I think we get some bad feedback <clears throat> at the podcasts, I hate. I'd hate to see the, uh, the the crazy stuff he got. Oh, and 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 what like Mark
1: Hamill must get. Although I've noticed a lot of these people give Mark Hamill a pass because they don't want to actually think about that their the actor playing their hero has a very different way of thinking that they do
0: every now and then. And, and once again, it's one of those things where if I see it from, and, and honestly, I, I've done a pretty good job at uh, managing like who I follow on Twitter. So if I see someone being like, Hey Mark, we, we like you because of your acting, not because of your political views. Well, that's an easy unfollow for me, you know? <laughs> I see that every now and then, but you're right. It, it's it's by and large, not as bad as some other people get it.
1: It's that sort of reaction that it just ruins the fun of being a nerd. Yeah. Like, like when, yeah. when I heard, oh, someone wrote a four page complaint thing about Chuck Windegg's Aftermath novel. And I'm like, oh my God, four pages on the bounty hunter up the tree in Endor. That's brilliant. <laughs> I've got to read this.
0: Yeah, and then I,
1: when I read what the actual complaints about, it's like,
0: ah, oh, ah. Oh. Yeah, thanks for t- taking away my opportunity to talk about like you said something goofy and nerdy, like the uh, bounty hunter up the tree, because I don't want to be associated with the idiots that are writing these reviews.
1: You got to be careful about who you're complaining next to. Yeah, with the, the those Windegg books, did you continue on with them?
0: I did. I did. I haven't finished the third one yet. Uh, I enjoyed the second one quite a bit better, um, and I'm just sort of slowly listening to the third one on audio form. And but I like it so far.
1: The third one, like each one gets twice as good as the previous one. I would say. Oh, awesome! And like I, I the first one, I was sort of like like that that bounty hunter being up the tree thing that haunts me, and I was sort of just like why. Why, why have it there? Why have it there? But anyway, <laughs> and, it, and I think it was, it had that hard task of, like, it was the first book in this new, like, storyline and stuff, and it kind of avoided talking about the things that Star Wars fans wanted talked about. You
0: know? Yeah, yeah. And I, I realized that was part of the reason I had the reaction I did, to be honest, was I was hoping for something going into it that he probably wasn't even really allowed to do you know as far as Uh, addressing main characters and stuff
1: of course and and i love that people like blame him for it it's like yeah what what star wars fan author doesn't want to write about luke skywalker after return of the jedi
0: exactly you know if if they were like okay uh we want you to fill in the story between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. It's not like Chuck Wendig was like, "Yeah, that sounds cool, but I really think I'm more into this idea of Mister Bones." What do you guys feel about that?
1: <laughs> but it has this amazing moment at, towards the end of the third one with uh, with Sinjia, who's yeah the, the gay character that I was I. I cried reading the Star Wars book. I thought it was awesome.
0: That's awesome. I can't wait to check it out. I've heard. See, the thing with these books is like uh, I know what happens in this third one. That's probably also part of the reason I haven't uh, finished it up. It's, it's like I can't hold it against any podcast I listen to for talking about it, you know, five, six months after it's been out. Like I'm the one that's taken taking taking this long to get to it. Yeah. So I know what happens and I, you know, I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, this
1: really nice moment, not only because it was in the book, it was like a really nice, poignant, romantic moment. But I was Mm -hmm. just thinking of like, you know, like some young dude who's gay and is like struggling with that, you know, being a Star Wars fan. And this is the whole thing about the inclusion is just like, oh, it's normal in Star Wars.
0: Yeah, that's what I love. And, like, I, like, and
1: yeah, no one cares.
0: Nope. That, that I love how they've handled it in the books. Uh, did you read Lords of the Sith, the the book about Vader and I the Emperor? Nah, not yet. Yeah. There is a, um, a Imperial moth who is gay. And uh, at one point she's meeting with some other uh, members of the Empire and her wife has passed away, this moth uh, like offs, like off page, like it happens before the book takes place. And like, even in the empire, the most oppressive force in the galaxy, it's no big deal. They don't care. They treat it just like you would treat someone in a heterosexual relationship where they're like, I'm so here. Sorry to hear about your wife, you know? Mm. And like, it's never like a thing, you know? And I love how they handle that. And, uh, I can't wait till they do it in a movie because it's gonna make some people so mad.
1: Oh And but that's the thing, they go, I don't want it in my face. And it's like they're not gonna be having sex. It's Star Wars. It's Star Wars. <laughs> this, and, and 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 by the way, it is the film where the brother makes out with the sister. Oh, I'm totally fine with that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> totally cool with that, my man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the the sister sees his brother in a a giant tank wearing space nappies and goes, I'm hitting that.
0: Yeah, and and by the way, it gets way weirder in splinter of the mind's eye. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's way weirder. <laughs> that was so weird because when
1: they had to like, you know, when it was all one big cannon and they'd sort of do little retcons to make it all meet up, it's like you read that and you just like
0: yeah yeah
1: as we uh round up what has uh has been a epic podcast and uh thanks for this i really appreciate it we've got infinite star wars storytelling for uh the rest of our lives and uh we've got with several films on the horizon and and who knows what may come next but what what are you most looking forward to in all
0: Star Wars. What am I most looking forward to? That's a good question. I'm excited to see... Right now, I'm all, all The Last Jedi all the time. So excited for that. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how this trilogy wraps up. I am definitely someone that hopes that this isn't the last of the, the saga films. Like, I hope we get an episode 10, 11, 12. Um, I think, honestly, though... More than anything, I'm looking forward to when sort of the spinoff and ancillary materials get out of the set in between Episode 3 and 4 era. Um, I kind of want them to move away from that and and explore some other stuff. Um, obviously, the one that I would really like to see is something that explores the time in between The Last Jedi and The Force Awakens but I think it's probably going to be after episode nine before they really let people start playing around in that area. So, um, yeah. And hopefully a Boba Fett movie at some point.
1: What, what era do you want your Boba Fett movie?
0: Oh, uh, I, I don't think you're going to like this buddy, but I really want it post return of the Jedi. You can't escape that beak. <laughs> I know. I know. I've heard your beak views lately and Res- I would say respect the beak whores. Okay, so real quickly, we were talking about Chuck Wendig. You know, there's there's sort of a, a little bit of a Boba Fett B story in the, uh, what they call them, interludes in uh-huh. those books? Yep, yep. Where uh, that sheriff guy finds Boba Fett's armor and, and wears it. Some yeah. people I've found that are Boba Fett fans are like, oh, he found the armor. That means Boba Fett is alive. And I don't know if it's just me being pessimistic, but to me, I was like, oh, he's dead. The Sarlacc ate him out of the armor and then spit the armor out. He ate him like a lobster. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know what their intentions are with that, but I really wanted a, a post-Return of the Jedi Boba Fett movie.
1: Yeah. I Like, I love the Mandalorian armor or the, the, the Bounty Hunter trilogy, which is essentially that story.
0: Mm-hmm. hmm
1: <sighs> I, I could be won over. I, I sort yeah. of think it's the best spot for it. I, I, I'm just, we just got to stop making these Star Wars films where I know what happens to the main character at the end.
0: Right. Like, so if they did a Boba Fett movie set in what they've been doing, you know, in between three and four somewhere, like I, the idea of Boba Fett sort of, learning the ropes as a bounty hunter, but we sort of got that in the Clone Wars. I feel like that aspect of Boba Fett's already sort of been touched on and established. I just don't know that that interests me as much as like, you know, a pissed off Boba Fett post getting thrown into uh, the Sarlacc. And honestly, I don't even know how likely a Boba Fett movie is at this point. Maybe they'll get to it eventually, but, um, it's, it's not something I'm going to hold out hope for because I think I'll end up being disappointed.
1: If only Trank could keep it together, mate. We'd be watching it now.
0: Man, just hold it. Hold it, Trank. <laughs> just, Don't. <laughs> just find I, a cubicle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a portal it. You know, I'm sure they had wonderful wonderful facilities on that uh, soundstage. Fox has got money. But no, had to let it go. When you got to go, you got to go. I mean, honestly, I I honestly think uh, as a Boba Fett fan, that was probably dodging a serious bullet.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Very interesting. Very interesting. Now, do, do you ever think about what you'd be doing if you didn't record that first podcast on May the 4th?
0: uh every now and then i kind of think about it i um like i I don't know if necessarily i would have even gone to celebration because as excited as i was to go to celebration for you know buying a bunch of star wars stuff and meeting mark hamill and checking out the last jedi panel it was more the prospect of getting to meet all my friends that i've made over the last couple of years that really set in stone like i have to go to celebration this year so i kind of feel like maybe that's one of those things i may or may not have done um i don't know otherwise i'd probably be that guy on twitter that's bugging you and jason and you guys are like you know that halls guy he's nice but damn does he have to tweet at us all the time with (laughs) quotes from our podcasts
1: now Hawes, for those that um have not treated themselves to your two star Wars podcasts. Let the good people of the internet know where they can track you down on Twitter and on iTunes or wherever podcasts are at.
0: So you can find me on Twitter at blue harvest pod. Um, you can check out blue harvest, which is me and my buddy will. And, uh, sometimes some guests and stuff. Um, and then also I'm on Rogue One, one with a W, as my good buddy Johnny would make sure to say. Um, and it's, uh, it's a crazy ride, that Rogue One. And it's, it comes out every Thursday. Blue Harvest comes out on Saturdays. Uh, and we're part of the Making Star Wars podcast network. So anywhere that you want to get a podcast, you can find us. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. We've got a Podbean site, all those places.
1: Excellent. I highly recommend it. It's it's they're both uh, on my must listens every week. So, thanks, buddy. Oh, thank you. I'm not I'm not doing it out of charity. I oh, be, I
0: know, but I want I to be
1: entertained. Entertain me, buddy. It's not a favor.
0: <laughs> Step up the game. <laughs> like a ventriloquist dummy
1: exactly i'm gonna start sending them to you bit by bit (laughs) i just uh, get
0: a giant wooden case and i'm like from steel what is this i crack it open oh my i'd have a heart attack you'd have blood on your hands
1: (laughs) i'd be petrified packing it i'd be worried that I'd, I'd, (laughs) i'd be worried i'd post it and it would just end up back on my doorstep you know (laughs)
0: <laughs> wake up the next morning and it's just sitting in the corner of your bedroom Oh don't oh, I just ugh. gave myself the chills with that this is horrible <laughs> this
1: is the worst thing ever um, thanks so much everyone and may that force be with you hey guys I hope you enjoyed that really fun chat with Horst Burkhart of Blue Harvest and Rogue One a podcast for winners I want to give a shout out and get well soon to our Photoshopper Reed Parker in Melbourne. He's a great mate and has helped us out with all the amazing Photoshops. I'm doing this week's one, so the standard has dropped. But uh, get well soon, Reed, and hope to see you at the live episodes on September 16th in Melbourne. How have I just turned? Get well soon, into a plug. That, that's it's how you get the big dollars in podcasting. To have skills like that, you guys, that that is something. But get well soon, Reed. And I'm sure <laughs> I do want to see you at the live episode. It was a natural. I was like, when will I see Reed when I'm back in Melbourne? That's when I'll see him. Oh well, uh, buy a T-shirt while you're there, Reed. <laughs> Uh, I was on the Sith list this week, a, a really fun uh, pop culture and Star Wars podcast, so check that out. And I think in the next couple of days, the Beltway Banthers episode that I will be on will be posted. And next Monday, I'll be back on makingstarwars.net. Now this is podcasting for the last time for a month as I head back to Melbourne to sell Reed Parker a t-shirt at the live show on September 16th. (laughs) Get well soon, Reid, you know I mean. it. If you did enjoy this episode, and why the hell wouldn't you? If you enjoyed this episode, and why wouldn't you? Please help us pot it forward. It is the main way we get the word out. It's probably how you found out about the podcast was another listener tweeting or Facebooking about it. Jump on iTunes, write us one of those sweet five-star reviews, and pod it forward if you can't support us financially through the patreon which is just three dollars a month I would really from the bottom of my heart just appreciate a retweet or a repost on Facebook that really it, it does actually help us out and uh, the new episode is normally always pinned to the top of the Twitter and the Facebook and you can also follow us on Instagram at Steel Wars. I just picked up our new batch of t-shirts, all screen printed, not digitally printed, down in downtown LA, and they look awesome. I'm so stoked on them. They're all printed on uh, AAA t-shirts, all style apparel, so they last forever. The screen printing means that the print won't wash off after a couple of washes, and I, I love the prints. They're all really fun parody prints, especially loving that The Force... For you streetwear heads out there, you got to check that one out. And they are all up in limited numbers uh, at SteelWars.com. Just hit the merch button. So they're all printed. That's that. What's there is there. So getting quick. And if you buy three t-shirts, I'll chuck in a fourth random one in your size as Thanks! And I always chuck in a, a bunch of t-shirts and uh, a lollipop or two A Your Snoke Theory Sucks lollipop We've got separate sticker packs as well if you just want some stickers But um, just know that when you get a t-shirt I do chuck in a bunch of stickers as well Because who doesn't love stickers? Hey? Hey? Well, my wife, if you watched that YouTube video Watch that, check it out at youtube.com uh, forward slash wars And uh, there's a really funny Your Snake Theory Sucks sticker animated clip by Josh Chiatman, which is uh, pretty good. But uh, thanks so much for listening. As um, Hawes actually pointed out at the start of the podcast on I Love Green Guide Letters, my other podcast, my comedy podcast, where we review complaint letters to the TV Guide, I did an episode with two of the first guys i ever listened to on a podcast bill and dan back in the mid 2000s and it goes in very in a very funny way it goes into my humble podcast origins like they're not humble now um podcasting in my lounge room while my cat sleeps. That's pretty humble. But um, check that out because sometimes people, especially international, non-Australian listeners, uh, get a bit put off by the concept of the podcast, which is reviewing complaint letters to the TV Guide. But it's not about TV. It's about complaint letters. But uh, this one especially, if you just want to find out some, some funny backstory about myself getting into podcasts and podcasting, check out I Love Green Guide Letters. It's episode 255 with Bill and Dan. Super fun. We're also part of MakingStarWars.net's podcast network. MakingStarWars.net, man, it's simmering. It's heated with Star Wars news and rumors. And they've got a podcast network of many top-shelf podcasters all coming at it from a different point of view. You've got Now This Is Podcasting that I appear on now and then I'll be on this Monday running down all the week's news. There's Rebel Girl with my great friends Amanda Ward and Tracy Gardner tackling Star Wars from their point of view. I love it. I think that's essential listening. We've got the Cantina cast where the boys deep dive into a specific topic or character dissection. Blue Harvest with Horst Burkhart. Awesome Rogue One, a podcast for winners with Horst Burkhart. We've got The Force Cult, Idiot's Array, Tarkin's Top Shelf, The Cargo Hold, and our new uh, network members podcast 2187. Plus, if you want a bit of uh, pop culture fun, check out Fingered with Randy and Jason. And I'm on a couple of those episodes, a couple of the more dodgy ones, funnily enough. Thank you guys so much. I uh, really appreciate you listening. Thanks to Hawes for doing that epic length podcast. And uh, make sure you go back. We've had some ripping episodes of late. Kyle Newman, Anthony Bresnican, Riley Silverman, all doing great stuff for us on the Steel Wars podcast. And may that force be with you.
0: podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit
1: planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's it's up to you. Also, for more Star Wars podcasting, check out the Making Star Wars podcast network at makingstarwars.net. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from
0: Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.